0: Way podcast season five episode two talking about all things 50th it is your host kevin along with his other hosts
1: uh kevin teal and jj now
2: we're back again teal, that might be the first time five episodes you nailed the uh <laughs> i've been practicing <laughs> all, the, all week
0: for, on the first try <laughs> you gotta get it pretty good and we have uh, uh chrissy is in the foreground here um tick tocking so uh visit at Poking Raceway on TikTok, and oh. uh, follow us.
2: I've always wanted to be a famous TikTok. I recently got into the TikTok game pretty heavy. You did? Yeah. That's good. I thought it was all just, like, funny videos and this sort of ridiculous, but I've learned that it's a phenomenal place to learn about smoking meats. Really? Oh, big. My my newsfeed
0: is just slabs of
1: meat, and it's phenomenal.
0: Well, um, speaking of the meat of this episode.
1: <laughs> there you go. I mean, that's kind of a transition. You're <laughs> <We're> welcome.
0: Tra- <laughs> um. We are uh, here on the podcast, and we are still celebrating 50 years of the Tricky Triangle. Um, last week's episode, we had a guy by the name of Richard Petty on, which was, you know, kind of cool. Whatever. It was Richard Petty, right? No big deal. Um, this week is another motorsports legend, and um, I wasn't able to make the call. JJ wasn't able to make that call either. But the person who was on that call was Kevin Teal. Mm-hmm. Um, we had our boy Zach mm-hmm. uh, Sterniolo, who has been helping us out as a freelancer to tell the story of 50 years of poking Raceway. Um, yes. And he interviewed a guy by the name of Kevin? Mario
1: Andretti. Get out of here. That yeah. It's is a small town name. Yeah, so we're, we're starting it off um, with, with two big, big stars of the motorsports world on the Pocono Raceway podcast this year, as, as we should, right? I mean, we had Richard Petty last week. He won our first NASCAR Cup Series race in the USAC race before that. And then this week, we're talking to, to Mario Andretti, who's been here literally since the start. Before, Pennsylvania native. Right I mean, right down the
2: street. It's the 50th anniversary. We should be hitting names like this. Like, nobody's calling Buckshot Jones to celebrate their 50th anniversary. You know what I mean? We should call Buckshot Jones. I, I mean, that, absolutely. But that's a, diff- that's a much different conversation. Separate I think from that's the a November interview. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's no when we offense. start looking at 51 years.
0: So the crazy thing about the is like Kevin said, they were kind of part of the beginning, and, and we get into that in the conversation. I'm going to let Kevin kick to that in just a second. But... Prior to that, the Andretti name obviously just resonates in motorsports. Foyt, Petty, Andretti, obviously, like we talked about. These just monsters and legends of motorsports racing in America. I mean, Andretti raced F1. He raced NASCAR. He raced IndyCar. Um, Obviously made a name for himself in the States on the IndyCar side of things. But it's a family tradition, right? I mean, his sons have driven. His son's sons have driven. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other crazy part about... Him is how humble Mario Andretti is. I mean, it took a matter of one email to Patty, who has worked for Mario for years. Four minutes later, we had an Andretti interview, which is crazy to even fathom that we have that access to a guy. like. But he makes himself accessible, and he loves this place.
2: We've all been able to spend some time with him a little bit over the years working here, and you would never know that he is who he is if just hanging out with him, like he's just so down to earth, Mm -hmm. such a, like you said, a humble guy. And you know, you would never know that he's this motorsports superstar.
0: If you didn't know who he was. And part of his love of motorsports is his love of motorsports venues and places that he loves. And with that, Kevin, you were there for the interview. So we're going to listen to it for the first time. JJ and I will get our reactions to it, different pieces of it. But how did that interview start?
1: yeah in the first part of this interview um he kind of just goes over you know the early days here at Pocono his early memories from from literally the very beginning uh you know and then we also talk about his relationship with the Mattioli family especially you know forming this place and starting that bond right off the off the bat um so let's uh let's jump into the interview um right um right from where we started at the racetrack here to where he remembers that process
3: all right here we go Uh, when the plan started, I was privy of uh, just the plans at very first when they had a committee all set up to um, uh, and a bunch of uh, investors to set up to, to on this project. And uh, again, it was great to see it into fruition and uh, the success that it's enjoyed, it's enjoyed over the years.
4: There, this was really billed as the India of the East. Did it have that feel once USAC uh, came here in 1971?
3: It sure did. In fact, I think they uh, almost underestimated um, uh, the uh, the interest that there was into it because I, I was just chat, chatting with uh, Amy right now that I remember the very first race. We, myself, underestimated the crowd, and I was stuck in traffic coming in for practice and almost missed practice. And I remember arriving at the tunnel, and it was Joey Marioli, trying to direct traffic, he had no idea where he was putting everyone because uh, the um, the infield was uh, just, uh, uh, I mean, soft from rain the whole week prior to that, and uh, so they didn't know what to do with all these cars, but they put them out there three days to get them out and dig them out of there, I remember, after the race, but uh, all in all, I understand there was like 90,000 people that uh, attended the very first race, so... Yeah, it was definitely the India of the East.
4: You meant you mentioned right there the Mattioli family. You know, as Pocono Raceway celebrates fifty years here, um, how significant is the role that the Mattiolis have played in motorsports?
3: Again, talking about the Mattiolis, um, Doc just uh, took the bull by the horn. You know, when uh, uh, when the project was uh, just about uh, about to take off, but there was a lot of confusion and. Um, and he just took over and uh, they, then created a direction and then and, and it went on, you know, there was, uh, they didn't know what it was gonna be, whether it was gonna be a triangle a rectangle. And, um, and then at the end that uh, we all decided that uh, we're gonna make it three different corners, one bank, one sort of like the kink flat out, you know, it's a tunnel turn. And then a, a nice wide uh, radius, turn three, you know, basically, and, uh, and that's what it was born to be. So, again, it was uh, very unusual, and to me, not because I'm talking to you guys, it was always my very favorite super speed with the drive on because of the fact that uh, it was not easy. It isn't easy today, but um, I think it just requires a little extra touch, and uh, I always felt that I loved the challenge, that's all. Do you recall your first laps around the speedway? Yeah, I I tell you what, I take you back before actually there was finally uh, the the final pay. You know, the final coat was put on there. They had the first coat of asphalt, and um, and Doc called me. He says, "I want you to come up there and uh, and give us the okay or whatever." He said before we do the finish job, and uh, I went up there with. uh, I had my Lotus Esprit. With me and a uh, sports car, and uh, I took a ride around, and I was bouncing up and down the roof. I mean, it was think it was, it was a terrible job that they that uh, the, that they had done up to that point, and, um, and you know, and and so anyway, uh, I asked the the contractor. I said, "You better come in a car with me," and um, and again, he had no idea, you know, of uh, how close to tolerances had to be for a racetrack. You know, he was used to, but they were used to, you know, uh, paving, uh, you know, regular uh, highways and so forth. Anyway, and I suggested to Dr. Mariola to bring in Clarence Cagle, who was the superintendent in Indianapolis. And he's the one that actually um, coached everybody through uh, to to uh, to lay down the, the, the final coat and then uh, then after that I obviously was uh, was very very good so I contributed what kind of memories
4: were forged between the Andretti family and the Mattioli family because obviously you had a really significant play um, or role rather in um, the foundation of this track and really getting it set up it seems like there was a lot of trust instilled on both sides entering this kind of partnership and in, uh, entering um, this legacy that Pocono Raceway has become. So, what kind of memories have you been able to forge with the Mattioli family over these decades?
3: Oh gosh, I mean, uh, you talk about friendship. What else can you say? And uh, and that was uh, special and precious both ways. And um, you know, we've attended uh, social events together and. And uh, all of that, you know, we sort of, we almost feel like you you grew together to some degree, um, you know, in in the sport. And um, yeah, yeah, and that friendship continued uh, forever. Uh, I remember uh, how warm Rose always was right to the end. Even when Indy came back, she was, uh, oh, she says, you know what, that's what I really wanted too, you know. So that was so, so great to hear. And we always embraced, uh, again, uh, yes, I mean, those are those are special friendships that are there forever. Warm and sincere and all of that.
0: Now, that's just half of what's in store, right, for, for what we have for Andretti. But, um, yeah, from the beginning, through this whole process, we've learned so much through the 50th. And who knew that Mary Andretti drove this thing before? It was even fully paved and he was like, Nah, this thing ain't cool. Can you imagine being that contractor be like, Oh, can just hop in my Lotus, man? We're gonna take a we're gonna take a ride around this place.
2: Let me show you how bad it is.
1: <laughs> I mean, talk about the the foresight though, to get that um that stamp of approval from, from Mario ahead of time, like, hey, you know mm. before we put any race cars on here, can you just come take a lap around and Right, because know where at, we're at.
2: You know, at, at that time I'm sure there was a significant difference between a indie car and the pickup trucks that I'm sure those construction drivers were using.
1: Absolutely.
0: And then you gotta also remember too that these guys were like he said, they were paving highways. They right. weren't this was not exactly how it was supposed to take place. So it's pretty crazy to think that in all of this and the way that it's all transpired, the growing pains that went through it. Mm-hmm. And and I can't wait as we progress to this thing, we're gonna kinda kinda move forward and backwards and shift and, and go all throughout the history of this place. But this is going to open up another story to talk about the growing pains and, and talk about the Mattioli family and what they had to endure and what they had to learn and what they had to overcome in order to make this place what it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's pretty neat, but you know, it was funny. He was talking about that guy, the contractor, he jumped in. And I remember when, when IndyCar came back, we, we said to Mario, Hey, we want to go and deliver tickets to people in <laughs> Nazareth. And it was me and, and, and the late Ryan Yanashak who 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 worked for us for a couple of mm-hmm. years before he unfortunately passed. But we, we went and he goes, Hey, by the way, you're doing content today. I said, no, no problem. I'm I'm all I'm all game to do content with Mario Andretti. I'll ride with you in the in the pace car. And he's like, No, you're hopping in that Lambo. And it was Mario's personal Lamborghini. And I remember I took a selfie. <laughs> <laughs> you As, like, As you should, yeah. <laughs> Without him knowing. It was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had to ride with a legend like that. I was in the pace car that day because you were in you know, in the Lambo.
2: <laughs> I think I and, told you seniority uh, rules on this yeah, one. <laughs> yeah, and the, even that, like driving around the streets of Nazareth with the flashing lights on, which looking back, probably not. Nope. Definitely probably, legal. probably frowned upon, <laughs> but I was, I was I was pacing the field for Mario behind me in his lap, which was interesting.
0: And and the other funny part about that was every person we went to to hand out tickets, except for the first guy, the other two or three people we went to, one was his cousin, mm-hmm. and the other person was a person that he sold the house to. And he's yep. like, he's like, oh, where's. Brian, or where's your husband, and yeah. when is he coming back from work, and how are the kids doing? And I'm like, why do you know all these people? He's yeah, like, yeah, I know everybody. Looking back, the town of Nazareth
2: probably wasn't the right <laughs> place to do the surprise and delight with Mario, um, but it was at least fun. Like, and there was no there was no kind of awkward experience, right. right? It was just everything went smooth. Everything was great. Everyone was tied to Mario <laughs> in some way. But what do you expect in Nazareth? And that's
0: you know? and that's the whole story, right? This hometown connection he had with the Mattioli's and and and. The
1: fact he was just a call away, right? He was. Mm-hmm. He was just even a, that early on before. Give even, him a
0: call, hop in the car, come up here and take a lap around poking a Raceway before we pave it. Um, yeah. And to know that he was part of the design process, too, is just mind boggling to me that he helped truly design this place. And we've always heard Roger Ward was the original designer, but everyone kind of had a tidbit of what they had to add to this place mm-hmm. and make it what it is.
2: Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, like you said, people read the books or go back and watch the old WVIA, you know, pieces on on the Mattioli family in this place. And there's a lot more to it when you start getting into this stuff. You start talking to the the drivers and the people who were there. And it's just, it's like six degrees of separation to the next person or -hmm. someone that you never would have thought. And it's just incredible when you hear, like you said with Mario, these stories of, oh yeah, I was involved in this, but what, what? You Mm -hmm. did what now? Like, it's absolutely insane. it's so great hearing these stories. This is... I'm in the same boat as I was with the Richard Petty one. Like, last week, I don't know if, know if you've even heard any no, of this at all. I heard part of it. Yeah. I, again, I'm just here learning with you. This is just... This is a great time. I enjoy well, this.
1: Well, why don't we get into some racing talk then and yeah. actually, you know, get on the track with him, you know, um... You know, he didn't win here right away. It took him quite a few years to actually get a, get a win here, and we actually talk about that day in 1986. Um, 15 where, years.
0: He drove every race here at Wise, but yep. 15 years took him to win a race here.
1: Yep, and that day that he actually won the race was the same um, race that his son, uh, Michael, won the pole, and the day before, Jeff Andretti won the Indy Lights race. So we asked um, him what that day actually meant to him, and, and he kind of gets into that.
0: Andretti Sweep, 86. Get into it.
3: I use this as one of the highlights of my career as a family, of course, and uh, as you can see that uh, between the three of us, we clean house that weekend and uh, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was not noted so much, but we did and uh, we certainly celebrated and, uh, and still to today when, I, when it brings back some uh, uh, just uh, wonderful, wonderful memories as you can imagine. Uh, precious members, indeed. So uh, yes, yes, we, we made our mark at Pocono at one point. Once Nazareth went out of commission, essentially, um,
4: Pocono really, at that point, became your home track. But there was a long while there in between IndyCar and Open Wheel Racing at Pocono Raceway. Um, that said, you played a really significant role in bringing the series back in 2013. Why was that such an important goal for you to have? open-wheel racing back in Northeast PA?
3: Well, I think that's an easy one. I mean, I think uh, IndyCar belongs uh, in the East as well, and uh, we, uh, they don't have a track uh, anywhere on the East Coast uh, at the moment. And um, and so, and why not? They're super Speedway, they're waiting for that. And, and it was built for IndyCars. So it was not built for anything else. And uh, of course, it cannot accommodate uh, Ask her very, very well, no question. But uh, at the same time, uh, cars always uh, was, were very popular here at Pocono, and uh, I hope before too long they come back as well. Believe me, I'm not giving up. <laughs> I, I think we'd all like to see them back.
4: Marco obviously came out of the gate strong in 2013, winning Poland, leading over half of that race, and then. Um, of course, Andretti Autosport ended up with two wins, uh, respectively, in 2015 and 2019. To have the family continue to build upon its prior success here, um, how important and special were those moments?
3: Well, it's important and special, both. I mean, it's uh, to be able to uh, to perform at your home track is always something. It's always a feather in your cap, if you will, and uh, and of course here it is. Um, so. Uh, again, it's uh, it's always great to win anywhere, but when you win at home for some reason uh, in front of your closest friends and family and everything else, um, yeah, it uh, it carries it carries big. To have racing so deeply rooted in northeastern PA
4: in the Poconos, um, how significant is that for the legacy of racing, but also for the future of motorsports in this part of the country?
3: Well, again, you you know, uh, you got the players, you need the venues, and, um, you know, Pocono provides that, Pocono Speedway, um, obviously, is a versatile venue, it's got a road course, Uh, you know, it accommodates uh, all the different uh, disciplines of our sport, and um, let's use it, you know, it's, uh, again, uh, you can go, you can obviously have the top disciplines, like, you know, it's always I've uh, been able to host over the years, but at the same time, it's just, uh, it's versatile to, to have, uh, you know, grassroots uh, racing and, and driving schools and everything, you know, uh, they, it all happened there. Uh, it's it's, ha- it's been happening. Uh, so again, we want to keep it alive and well for, for a long time.
4: Mario, thank you so much for making the time for this. We really, really appreciate it.
3: My pleasure.
0: Keep it alive and well. I would agree with that wholeheartedly to that last statement that Mario said. And and I think I would we would all sit here and agree that when IndyCar is here and running here, because we've all witnessed it, it is an unbelievable event. It's
2: unlike anything else that you'll ever see. Yeah. It's absolutely the speeds, how agile those cars are. It's absolutely incredible. I mean, NASCAR is a great show. We know that. But IndyCar? Phew, man
0: wild. And, and we never say never here. I mean, I know that conversations are continuing with IndyCar to try to get them back here in some capacity. I mean, the fan base was starting to come back. The fan base was mm-hmm. starting to we were starting to build momentum. Um, you know, and and this place is, is is just as treacherous as Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We've had some incidents here, but at the same time, we've we've been able to put on that amazing show. Mm-hmm. And when the drivers leave this place and the drivers show up and they strap in and they talk about this place, I mean, I remember conversations I've had with Dario, and I'm hoping to have all those guys in the podcast, how, and even, even even Mario's grandson Michael will say this, turn one is the most daunting corner in all of motorsports. And that's crazy to even think and fathom of, um, but to hear a, f- a competitor who has just more guts than the three of us combined will ever have in our lifetime um, (laughs) to strap into a car and do what they do. Um, It's amazing to hear what this place does. And then you go back to the history of it all and what this place has done and how it's evolved and how it's grown and who knows what the future is going to hold for this
1: place. I was was watching highlights from the uh, 1971 race actually last night and uh it 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 brings the same kind of feeling that uh when IndyCar was here a couple of years ago too like that that green flag and they're racing down into turn one, man there's nothing like it
0: it's 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 different too from the parity between NASCAR and Indycar right it's i don't you feel it more yeah. in your chest yeah like when they come rolling by and they're roaring with those motors um it's something we definitely miss, and again, we're not saying that they'll never be back because I feel like. Doc Rose loved them. That was Doc Rose. Mm -hmm. His passion, A.J. Foyt, Mario Andretti, Rutherford. These guys were her idols and her heroes. Um, You know, we've heard from Doc Rose, you know, through talking to Michelle and Louie, her kids, and and her grandkids, Nick, um, how much she actually was a fan of these guys. So she was literally Mm -hmm. entertaining these legends that she felt were, you know, people that she looked up to as heroes and idols. And they got the race here, and we got to talk to people like Mario Andretti. Right. So,
2: and like you said, this place is built for IndyCar. So, hopefully, you know, someday in our in our future, they come back and they put on just as great of a show as they have in
4: our history.
0: So we have more to come for the fiftieth. We are in negotiations (laughs) to talk to AJ Foyt, guys like Jeff Gordon. Um, We have requests out from another slew of people. I am working with people at NASCAR, the NASCAR Hall of Fame, um, IndyCar, um, Penske, Ganassi, Hendrick, Gibbs. These are all people we're reaching out to. We want to tell the story, um, but we also want to hear from our fans. So as part of this 50th, the great part about it is this website that Kevin did a fantastic job on. I will give you full credit on this podcast to say, heck of a job, my friend. Tell them what we have going on with the 50th website.
1: Yeah, you mentioned it. We put um we put a request out there on that website for the fans to help us fill that timeline. So right now the timeline has all the winners in it, you know, some stuff like that, and we're going to fill it in with this content and these podcasts and pictures and stuff as as we uh, go through the years. But a big thing is going to be these fan stories, and we had a whole bunch of fans uh, submit stories that we're working on compiling right now to add to the website. Hopefully by next week. Um, so we're gonna. Keep adding as we go. So as, as we add those stories, we want to hear from you. If you haven't submitted your story yet, go on uh, PoconurSway.com slash 50 and do so.
0: And the beauty of what we're talking about here is, yes, we have these legends on and we're talking to these legends, but we all know. We all know what we do and what we do it for. It's for the fans. Mm-hmm. So the whole premise of this 50th and the content that we're creating is to showcase what the drivers feel from their personal side of the family and the track. We're getting into things like tell us about that specific race but really we want to hear about what this place meant to them in the same token the only way we can truly tell the story of Pocono Raceway is through our fans eyes because they lived it I've only been here for a fifth of that decade or the mm-hmm. fifth of the, of the golden jubilee of 50 years so here's the deal we need your help to tell that story because the three of us weren't here And there are some people at the track who weren't here from 71. But there are people who have been here since 71 as a kid, have grown up here, have come here every summer, have made this their vacation spot. Tell us your story.
2: Right. And at that same point, you know, everyone knows motorsports couldn't do it without the the people behind the scenes. So the the partners and all those people, whether they're local, corporate, like this place has had a lot of partners over the years. We want to tell us about your involvement, whether, like I said, whether it's the local flower shop. Or if it was, <laughs> or if it was champion spark plugs, you know, like there, there's been a slew of partners.
0: I just from, have to laugh because the partner guy just you're always.
2: I'm not done dropping my line. Keep going. Um, a slew <laughs> of partners from, like you said, the, the small local guy all the way to these massive corporations that have been a part of it. Um, so we want to hear those stories as well. Um, and we're always looking for new ones. So if you <laughs> want to get in on the 50th, go to com slash partnerships and fill out the form there and uh, get in touch with Eric and I, and we'll bring you along for this wild ride.
0: And that, that, I will bring up one partner who's no longer a partner of ours, but Schaefer, right? If it wasn't mm-hmm. for Schaefer, I yes. mean, that, that to my understanding mm-hmm. from what Michelle told us, that was close to a million dollar deal for five years to sponsor the USAC race. And that deal got extended. Um, you know, like you talked about, Coca-Cola was a partner of this mm-hmm. place well before all this other right. stuff. Chevrolet's been here forever. Um,
2: Vanscoy Diamond Mine was, was a right. local, which <laughs> is a local in Wilkes-Barre, you know, diamond store. They were a partner. So like you said, local, corporate, there's just been so many and there's so many other stories to tell besides the drivers, besides the fans, besides the people who have worked here, the people who have been involved in every other way. We, let, let's tell them. Why not?
0: If you have those stories again, slash 50, um that's the hub. That's where everything is. That's where everything lives.
1: You can also find merch there too. Oh, what about that merch? Get yeah, that the, merch.
0: The exclusive,
2: so exclusive online only 50th anniversary merchandise can be found on that website. The I know 50th I'm, collection. the 50th collection. I'm putting in a big order in the coming days. I know that. I can't wait to get it. There's some really cool looking stuff, and it's really high end stuff to Quite frankly, you're not going to get anywhere other than online. Like this stuff isn't going to be available on race weekend, so go get it now.
0: Yes, you have to buy it beforehand. It is not going to be available here at the racetrack. Um, It's so special. It is. Get it
2: now so you can wear it to the racetrack. That's the whole point of this. Yes, whole point.
0: Well, check it out. um, PokerRacewear.com/slash/fifty, and make sure you check out our TikTok page.
2: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) and uh, like, rate, review, share this whole podcast with all your friends. Keep it up. We want uh, we want as many people to listen to this and participate as humanly possible over the next uh, coming months. So, like I said, like, rate, review. Go to pokonraceway.com slash 50. Check it all out. Tell us your story and be a part of it.
0: And check back for the next episode of the Pokemon Raceway podcast, celebrating all things 50th for the Tricky Triangle. Um, we'll be back either next week or the weekend after that, hopefully with another motorsports legend.
2: Maybe I'll actually listen to this one before we get there.
0: <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Until then, everybody, have a great time. Enjoy everything. Enjoy life.